0: Hello and welcome to Sangam Lit. This is Nandini Karki and in this episode we listen to words of advice rendered to a king as portrayed in Sangam Literary work Purananuru 29 penned about the Chola King Nalankilli by the poet Urayur Mudukkannan Satanaar. Set in the category of Poduvil Thiney or miscellaneous matters, the verse visualizes the life the Stola King shall lead. Alal Purinda Adar Tamare Aid Adan Da Nool Peidu Punei Vinei Polinda Polan Naruntiriyal Parumayir Irundalai Poliyet Choodi Pan Mutruga Ni Nal Magil Kirikai. பான் முற்று ஒளிந்த பின்றி மகளிர் தோள் முற்றுக நின் சாந்து agalam, அகலம் muni முனிவஇல் முற்றது கொடியோர் தெருதலும் செவ்வியோர்க்கு அழித்தலும் ஒடியா முரையின் agi, ஆகி நல்லதன் நலனும் தீயதன் தீமையும் இல்லை யன்போர்க்கு இனன் ஆகிலியர் நெல் விளைக் களனி படுப்புல் வொளிமல் பிறகிின் களிமன் சுட்டு, வெங்கள் தொலைச்சியும் அமையார் தெங்கின் இளநீர் உதிர்க்கும் வளம்மிக நல் நாாடு பெற்றனர் வக்கும் நின்படைக்கொள் மாகள், பத்ரா மாக்களின் பரிபு முந்துருத்து கூவை துற்ற நாற்கால் பந்தர் திருமனை வால்கயின் பொறிய விருனர்க்கு உதவ யாற்றும் நன்பின் பண்புடை உலিত্রாக நின் செய்கை விளவில் கோடியர் நீர்மை போல முறை முறை ஆடுனர் இவ் உலகத்து, கூடிய நகேபுரனாக நின் சுற்றம் இசேபுரனாக நீ ஓம்பியே பொருளே As if this poet had implicitly flashed a to-be-continued sign in the previous poem, in this verse he elaborates on the earlier words to the Chola king Nalangili. The poet's rendition can be translated as follows. Wearing well-crafted golden garlands of lotuses that bloom in the fire, tied together with thick threads to adorn their disheveled dark heads, may baths surround your pleasant day-seat at the court. After this crowd of baths parts away, may your women surround your shoulders and your wide sandalwood-streaked chest. And in your court halls, with no element of discord, as the drums resound sweetly, may you fulfil your duties of punishing the wicked and rewarding the good with unswerving justice and untiring disposition. May you never associate yourself with those who claim there is no good in good and no evil in evil. Those who chase away birds in the paddy fields, using the wood of fallen palm fronds, roast back water fish and drink up warm toddy. Still not satisfied with these pleasures, they bring down the tender juice from the coconut tree in that fine and fertile land that was gifted to the joyous soldiers of your army. Unlike the state of those who are against you, who have the pitiable state of living in four-legged small stilt houses with thatched roofs, you have empowered your people to have the quality of friendship to render aid to those who come to them. Akin to the changing appearances of performers in their many roles in the festivities changes this world. And yet let joy be a constant in the lights of those around you. May the wealth you protect render unto you everlasting fame. Let's explore the details in these words to this famous Chola king from the Sangam era. The first thing the poet talks about is a golden ornament we have already seen in other Purananuru poems, the golden lotus. Apparently, such golden lotuses were carved in the heat of the forge and then tied together with silver threads. Was it made as an adornment for women or homes or chariots? The answer is none of the above. These seem to have been specially made to be given away as gifts to exceptional bards who would then wear these as a head garland around their unkempt black hair. The poet has rendered all these intricate details to say he wishes for many such bards wearing these golden lotus head garlands to surround the king in his coat and sing his praises. Next, when the bards are done with their verses and have parted away, the king must be in the company of his women who embrace his sandalwood street chest, the poet adds on. After this blessing, the poet goes on to say how the king must render justice by doling out punishments to the evil and rewards to the good. He then adds a curious commandment that the king should stay away from people who do not believe there is good in good and evil in evil. This sounds so much like the principles of nihilism, where there is some unpopular exponents of this philosophy in Sangam times that this king is being warned against. Casting aside this question for the time being, if we reflect deeply on the three wishes rendered by this poet, we will know that these involve the three cornerstones of Tamil philosophy and these are justice, wealth and pleasure. When the poet is talking about bards with golden lotuses, he is talking about how the king has used his wealth. And then when the poet wishes for the king to be embraced by his women, he is dwelling on the aspect of pleasure. And finally with those words about punishments and rewards as well as leading a middle path, the poet is focusing on the third and final tenet of justice. Moving on, the poet then describes the fertile land of this king that has been gifted to the loyal soldiers in the king's army and here we see how they have turned into paddy farmers who spend their working hours chasing away birds that come to raid the fields. At the end of the day's work, these people fish in the bountiful backwaters, roast that fish using palm fronds as wood and also drink up warm toddy as the accompanying beverage. As if these culinary pleasures weren't enough, next they climb up coconut trees to bring down the fruit and savour its tender juice. In short, they are living a life of wealth and joy. This is in contrast to the people in the enemy nations who live in tiny stilt houses with thatched roofs, the poet informs us. He adds that not only do the people in the king's land have all this prosperity and pleasure, they are also empowered to do just things such as rendering the hand of friendship to those who come seeking to them. Dwelling on the abstractions of life in this world being one that's ever-changing like the appearances of actors in different roles in the festivities, the poet contrasts it, saying how though everything is changing, one thing is constant and that's the happiness of those around the king. Wishing that the king's wealth brings him great fame, the poet concludes his words. From these words to the king, we can understand that the Tamils had a practical philosophy about life. They do not advocate being just and good to the exclusion of everything else, but rather seem to call for a fine balance between rendering justice, spending wealth and enjoying pleasures an approach that seems relevant even today in a world so different from that of golden lotuses, royal courts and monarchs' justice of 2000 years ago. Thanks for listening to this episode of Sangam Lit and journeying with me to ancient lands and mines. Please visit nandhanikarki.com to share your thoughts and do spread the word about Sangam Lit. Until next time, Nandri want